You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is, uh, I think, going to be the last of our uh, series on uh, what's the point of Judaism. Um, we'll probably have a few more classes uh, in, in June after Shavuos, um, but we'll do some other kind of different topic. Um, and uh, um, over the course of the last down a year, year and a half, we've been looking at uh, individual mitzvot and uh, trying to uh, um, uh, think about or understand uh, their rationales um, uh, or imagine what the rationales might be and, and, and think about what's the uh, human job that they're trying to, to get done. And, uh, and last week and, and then this week I'd like to, I wanted to step back and, and think about uh, things a little bit more comprehensively, the big picture, um, to, to really to, to get at the, the bigger question of what's the point of, uh, of, of Judaism. And so last week we uh, um, uh, talked about that uh, uh, kind of openly, um, and I'd like to uh, um, invite a continuation of that conversation today. Uh, but toward the end of last week's session, we looked at um, uh, Rabbi Elliot Dorf in his uh, really exceptional book. And if you have a chance to read it, you're looking for some for some summer reading. Um, this is that's not facetious. It's actually, uh, I think, uh, very, uh, very, very readable and uh, very good. Uh, Rabbi Dorf is an excellent teacher and, and comes through in his writing. Um, but it's called "For the Love of God and People." Um, it was uh, put out um, I don't know, probably five years ago, something like that, three, maybe four years ago. Um, and uh, and so in um, uh, what chapter number this is, I don't know. Um, uh, chapter number, uh, uh, chapter four, he, uh, lays out, uh, motivations to live by Jewish law. Um, and he breaks it up, um, into motivations that come from the Bible itself, which we talked about, which I pointed out, uh, last week. There are eight, he says, rationales given in the Bible itself for why one should observe uh, um, Jewish law, um, which is sort of interesting when you think about it, that the, the, the Bible doesn't speak with one voice as to what's the reason you should be doing um, uh, uh, living this way. Um, it, uh, it, it, it offers all sorts of things from um, this is the pathway to holiness um, to uh, this is... Uh, um, um, uh, this is, uh, uh, what you do because you're in a covenant with God. Um, uh, and that's what you do as part of that relationship to, uh, um, uh, you do it so you don't get zapped. Um, uh, and so your rain, you know, falls in its season and, and things like that. Um, so if you, if you're thinking about, you know, um, you know, what, what's the, uh, what's the job that, uh, that, 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 uh, the commandments that, uh, Judaism is trying to get done, um, it's, it's fair if you want to say that the job that it's getting done is, you know, not getting zapped. Um, uh, my sense is that most of us don't, uh, uh, don't observe, uh, to the extent that we observe, don't observe Judaism that way, um, because, 
uh, because of two things. One is that it's not our experience um, that uh, that that you know the people who don't keep kosher um, are you know getting hit left and right by lightning bolts. Um, it's not we don't really experience it that way. And the other is um, um, I, I think that most of us um, uh, don't have a very otherworldly. Uh, sense of, uh, of of the Jewish tradition. So if you want to say that, okay, you know, the, the Torah says you get zapped, but what it's really talking about is um, in the next world you get zapped um, and not in this world. Um, uh, my, my, I don't know. I mean, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, but my sense is that uh, most of us don't really uh, conceive of our relationship to Judaism in those kind of otherworldly terms. We usually think of that as more of a uh, non-Jewish point of view um, that you know you uh, you you live a certain way in order to get into heaven, and if you don't, you go to hell. Um, and even though we have those things in the Jewish tradition, um, my guess is that most of us don't spend a lot of our, our time thinking about them and and uh, aren't motivated to uh, live Jewishly because of those things. I could be wrong. You could tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but anyway, so the, those were a handful of uh, of the eight uh, motivations that Rabbi Dorf outlines in the Torah. And then he uh, offers some additional motives outlined. <clears throat> by the rabbis that are not that are different uh, than than uh, than what's contained in the Torah. So the first he offers is that the commandments of Judaism exist to refine human beings. What does that mean? Not the same as being better people. That is exactly what it means, right? Being better people, right? Be- uh, cultivating better uh, virtues and values. Uh, being better people. So he quotes the Talmud um, where uh, Rav says, the commandments were given to Israel only to purify people. Does it matter to God whether an animal is slain at the throat or at the neck? What does God care whether a man kills an animal in the proper way and eats it or whether he strangles the animal and eats it? Will the one benefit God or the other injure God? Or what does God care whether a man eats impure or pure animals? If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, but if you scorn, you alone shall bear it, the book of Proverbs teaches. So you learn that the commandments were only given to refine God's creatures. As it says, God's word is refined, a shield to all who take refuge in him. Right, so the commandments exist to, uh, to make us better people. Okay, that's one uh, uh, idea that the uh, rabbis give, which is similar to one of the uh, options that the Bible gives. Uh, the Bible says that it's a pathway to holiness, um, that it's a uh, that that it creates a wise and discerning nation. Um, so it's uh, it's similar to that, but maybe a, a little bit more precise about uh, um, uh, maybe uh, moral perfection. Okay, uh, uh, the next one that w- is offered by the rabbis is maintaining the world, um, right? So that we don't observe the commandments for our own benefit, for, to make us better people, we, we observe the commandments to make the world a better place. Um, right? so, uh, uh, so he quotes a couple of, uh, uh, of uh, passages from rabbinic literature uh, for this too. I'll just, one of them. Um, what's the meaning of the words, the earth feared and was still? Before Israel accepted the Torah, the earth was afraid. After they accepted the Torah, it was still. For the Holy Blessed One stipulated a condition with the earth. If Israel accepts the Torah, you may exist. But if not, I will return you to the state of being unformed and void as before creation. What do you think of that? That the uh, commandments help make the world a better place. Uh, 
destroy the world, the world won't be here anymore. It's yeah. really a stretch. Yeah, true. It's, so it's an environmentalist kind of... If we pollute the rivers enough, we won't be able to drink the water. Right, but that's not exactly what I think he's saying. I think what he's saying is that uh, that that uh, um, uh, that um, the world continues to exist by virtue of us keeping kosher. The world continues to exist by virtue of us observing the Sabbath. The world continues to exist uh, by virtue of us uh, laying to fill in. I've heard that. <laughs> Do you agree with it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's certainly something that the Kabbalists uh, really pick up on. Um, and they say that it doesn't mean the physical world, but it means the very structure of, uh, of, of the universe um, is, uh, is supported and strengthened by the observance of commandments. Um, so, you know, it's, for example, it's one of the reasons why um, the Chabadniks on the street corner care whether or not you wear tefillin. Right, um, because uh, because they think it's actually making the world a uh, a stronger, more perfect place. Right, it's not just that it's a good Jewish thing for you to do, although that's true too, um, but that there's something um, uh, about it that uh, that that uh, strengthens the planet. Um, okay, now the challenge of that, of course, is that uh, um, experientially, um, it's hard to really have a sense of, of, of whether my observance of the Shabbat actually makes the world a better place. It feels like a stretch. Um, okay, but the next one the rabbis give uh, actually was one that was brought up uh, last week um, by, uh, probably, I think, by Lou. Um, identifying as members of a distinct community. So we have the commandments in order to uh, help us um, uh, have a group identification so that we unite as uh, as Jews. What do you think of that? That's probably true for most non-Orthodox. <laughs> What's that? That's probably true for most non-Orthodox Jews. For most non-Orthodox Jews? Well, because Orthodox Jews believe everything came directly from God and we're following God's commandments. Yeah, although I, I could I could make another argument, which is most non-Orthodox Jews aren't as um, um, aren't as all in on the observant right uh, um, aren't as all in on the observance of the commandments as, as Orthodox Jews. But yet, you know, the statistics all show that a very high percentage of them feel very strongly identified as members of a distinct community. So if they're not observing Kashrut. Right, the, I mean, the Pew study showed it. Uh, you know that that uh, that, that uh, um, something like thirty percent of American Jews are consider themselves Jews of no religion. Right, so I identify myself as a Jew strongly. Most of them say, right, but uh, but but I have no affiliation with the Jewish religious tradition. So, if you can strongly identify as a Jew without observing any of Judaism, then how effective is it for? Uh, um, uh, uh, for the commandments to be the, the way to identify with, with Judaism. It's a hard one. Well, it's and on the other hand, you're right. Oh, sorry. Well, no, it's, like, it's certainly a closer community. I mean, if you're just purely cultural... Uh, are cultural. Um, 
it wanes over time. And, hmm. uh, so the, the affiliation is less and less. I think it, you need something to bring you together. So whether it's some ritual observance, yeah, um, that cr- helps create the community. I think that creates more of a cohesive community. Anti-Semitism <coughs> that will create also. Well, well, right. So, right. So, so I, I, I you know, I, I, I'd have to ask those people, but I think that they would say that there are plenty of things besides ritual observance that can bring us together. Right. So, anti-Semitism. Um, is one, but looking at it from the flip side, um, Israel, um, support of Israel is another. Um, but Woody Allen, bagels and cream cheese, you know, um, uh, Philip Roth, right? Bagels and cream cheese, we're eating it right here. Um, right? Um, so these are things that are, that are, that are shared cultural experiences that, uh, um, that, that aren't necessarily religious, um, you know, going to a break fast, but not necessarily fasting. Going to a break fast, right? Um, uh, you know, it's interesting. And, and on the flip side, it's interesting too, because exactly for what you're saying, you know, a lot of people in the Orthodox world who do observe the commandments, um, what they get out of it is a strong, I think, communal identity. But the but but uh, the reason that most of them doing uh, do it, um, uh, I, I, this is all speculation as well. But the, you know that uh, the reason that most of them do it is. Uh, um, is uh, um, uh, because they feel like God has commanded them to, not because... Well, there's more of a fear of God. I mean, community certainly helps it. But it's, uh... I don't know if community is the reason that not a lot the main of reason. do what they're doing, as opposed to the community is the reason to feel... No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, because you have a, a problem with you. Know, we, we we sort of glossed over uh, that the commandments exist to refine people, right? But we can have this debate about that too, because uh, um, you know, it, I think that we would all uh, uh, tend to agree that we that that we know people who are not Jewish or who are not observant Jews and are still very good people, right? Uh, and we also know people who are. Or have heard of people who are strictly observant Jews, um, who are not very good people, right? Like the, like the, you know, the ra- right, the right, the rabbi la- who last week or two weeks ago was just arrested for child porn, right? Um, uh, nothing in the Torah says you can't. No, uh, uh, I don't want to get up beyond the record saying that. Okay, uh, I was my my. I had a sarcastic look on my face. Okay, so everybody's no. Uh, but uh, I think they knew about it. <laughs> no, and in fact, you know, uh, you know, child marriage and things like that were very common in in the ancient world. Um, anyway, I don't. But uh, but but uh, but but you see, right? So that uh, that there are we can think of probably uh, a, a, at least a handful of examples of people who are who, who claim to be strictly observant to Judaism, but are. are are not very good people, um, right? So, um, so again, you have this tension. So, if this is the reason for doing Jewish, um, it, is it effective? Does it work, right? And uh, and both for that one, and then for this one of of uh, being members of a, of a, of a, a identified community. Well, um, on the one side. Um, you can identify with the community without observing those commandments, and on the other side, you can uh, observe the commandments. Um, it's hard to observe the commandments without identifying with the community, but it's uh, but but uh, but you can observe the commandments for reasons other than identifying with the community. Right? In other words, I think it works when you observe the commandments in a certain way. It, you sort of have to be a part of a community to really observe Judaism. On the other hand, it may not be the reason that you're doing it. Right. Um, Okay, 
So let's go on here. The next one is, uh, uh, this is the, uh, the last one that he gives from Rabbinics. Making life beautiful. It's an interesting one. What does that mean? The commandments make life beautiful. Something about blessing the things in your life so that you're observing them more and, take, and appreciating them more. If you, if you, like for example, if you see a rainbow and you and you say the blessing over mm. it, you're taking the time to appreciate things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so uh, uh, seeing the 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 mundane world that we live in and elevating it um, to to see that the true beauty that's inherent in it. That's that's great, and I think that there's a lot in Judaism when we talked about different commandments um, that that strive to really help us do that. I mean, what you mentioned one um, about uh, about offering blessings, right? But uh, but I think that that's a, a major one. I think Shabbat you can uh, um, uh, understand through that uh, prism as well. Um, Kashrut you can understand through that prism as well. Um, uh, so I think that that's. Uh, um, uh, um, a, a really important one. I, I'll add a, a, a different dimension to it, which is um, that um, um, there there is beauty inherent in many Jewish observances. Right, it, sitting around a Shabbat table is a beautiful thing. Going to a Pesach Seder is a is a beautiful thing. Um, there's a beauty in waving lulav and etrog. There's a beauty in wrapping tefillin. Um, so these are all sort of adornments of life that aren't strictly you know. Beauty, you've seen the movie Dead Poets Society, I imagine, right? Uh, And uh, um, one of the opening scenes, one of the first scenes when Robin Williams starts teaching the class, and, you know, there's the kid in the English class that, you know, is like all business, and and Robin Williams, you know, what does the kid want to do when he grows up? And he says, I want to be involved in business. So he's thinking, what what do I need to be in an English class here for? And Robin Williams says, you know, you you need uh, math, science, technology, business. Um, These are necessary um, uh, to live life. But uh, but poetry, beauty, music, love, right? These are the things that make life worth living, right? Um, I don't know if I got that quote exactly right, but something like that. Um, it reminds me also of a uh, of um, um, something that uh, Churchill's uh, um, uh, remembered to have said that uh, um, uh, someone came to him and said we need to uh, um, sell all of the theater houses. Uh, the public theater houses to uh, to pay for the war effort, and Churchill said, "Well, then, what are we fighting for?" Right? Um, and so, right, the the the, uh, the things of Judaism are not maybe strictly necessary to life. Right? You can live perfectly well without wrapping tefillin every morning. You can live perfectly well without uh, without keeping kosher. You can even be a good person without doing it. But it elevates and enhances and makes beautiful uh, life and therefore, I think, uh, adds a a, a profound dimension to it. Um, So here's a a passage from rabbinics that that, uh, Rabbi Dorf offers for this. The Song of Songs teaches, You are beautiful, my love. You are beautiful through the commandments, both positive and negative. Beautiful through good deeds. Beautiful in your house with the heave offerings and tithes. Beautiful in the field through gleaning. The forgotten sheaf and the second tithe. Beautiful in the law about mixed seeds, the edges of the field, first fruits, and the fourth year planting. Beautiful in the law of circumcision, beautiful in prayer, in the reading of the Shema and Mizuzot and Tefillin, in the Lulav and Etrog. Beautiful, too, in repentance and good deeds. Beautiful in this world, and beautiful in the world to come. I don't know about you, but I, I really like that. Um, and... Uh, um, 
Uh, no, 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 no. That's not Rabbi Dorf himself. Uh, it's uh, I have to look back in the footnotes. Um, uh, footnote number sixty-five. Um, uh, no, no, no. That was uh, that was. Uh, 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 um, here, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Um, uh, it's Song of Songs, Raba. Uh, on songs uh, 115, um, so it's a midrash. Um, so the, the the verse that it's commenting on is Song of Songs 115. Then it's the midrash uh, Raba on Song of Songs. Um, you know, a, a, as I um, as I do uh, Judaism with um, with a with a toddler, this feels very uh, compelling to me. Right? There's no real reason why. Um, we need to say Shema with her before going to bed, but there's something beautiful about seeing her cover her eyes uh, at night and 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 sing along to Shema. It's amazing. It's I mean there's there's nothing there's nothing that really happens I think in a in a metaphysical sense or in a physical sense when um, when when I give her a blessing on Friday night or now what she this is the most amazing thing I'm going to tear up thinking about it but I, but. But we've been doing this ever since she was uh, uh, first born, and now after we give her the blessing, we say, "Okay, now give Ima an Abba bracha," and she puts her hands on our head, and, and, and then kisses our kepi. I mean, it's just the, it's it's cute, and it's just it's beautiful. Now there's no there's no reason for it, right? Um, but uh, but it's beautiful. It's uh, it it, uh, it enhances life. Ah. Uh, um, you know, so I, I'm finding this one uh, actually this morning very compelling. I, you know, in a way, I'm glad that there's a lot of options about what what's the reason for uh, for observing Judaism and and not just one because at different stages in life I might find some compelling and and, and others not. Um, but uh, but but this one is really resonating with me today. What do you guys think about any or all of these, or maybe you have your own? I don't know. Um, well, I keep on coming back to uh, what uh, um, Maimonides said in the uh, in the Mora Nevuchim, the Guide of the Perplexed, which I think um, um, uh, catches a, a number of these um, rationales and, and rolls them into one. He said that the the commandments all exist for the perfection of the body or the perfection of the spirit. Um, and what he meant by body was uh, um, a few things. He meant our, our physical bodies, um, uh, and some of the commandments help us with that, where we have commandments to take care of ourselves. Um, but he also meant um, uh, the body politic, right? So the community and, and the nation and uh, um, the community of nations um, so that, uh, that, that, that we have the commandments for strong group cohesion and, uh, and, and justice and, uh, uh, with, within, within our societies. Um, uh, and, uh, for the welfare, the physical well-being of the planet as well, right? That's what he meant by body as well. Um, and I think that that's, uh, a part of the commandments as well. We have, we have a commandment to, to, um, um, uh, to, to protect the planet. Uh, and then the, the, uh, welfare of the spirit, uh, he meant, in in a way, he meant um, the the cultivation of uh, of uh, right opinions, you know, knowledge about the world, uh, understanding truth. But he also meant um, 
um, uh, he also meant virtues, right? Uh, so you know uh, that uh, that the the commandments are practice or supposed to be practice for good virtues, right? Um, um, humility, gratitude, uh, joy, right? These are good virtues. Um, uh, and so the commandments are practiced for them, uh, but also, you know, spirit, I think, exists in this realm also of, uh, of, uh, of making life beautiful, right, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, um, exalting the intangible in, in our lives um, and making them a, a, a real and, and powerful part of our lives. Um, so uh, um, uh, that, I think, uh, is a good place to, uh, to, to end this uh, uh, journey through um, uh, what's the point of Judaism. I'm uh, glad to have uh, been able to study this with you and to think about this with you. Um, um, maybe uh, um, uh, you'll um, uh, come up with the, your, your own uh, new um, uh, rationale that hasn't been uh, thought of before, your own uh, um, understanding of the job that the commandment is trying to get done, in, in which case I hope that you'll share it with me. Um, in the meantime, I know that this has been a, uh, a powerful, meaningful experience uh, to me, um, and uh, I know that uh, the job that it's gotten done for me um, is uh, um, um, uh, a lot of joy um, and uh, a lot of strength, a lot of uh, learning. Um, and uh, and a lot of uh, uh, friendship and love. So thank you. Thank you for being here.